0: I'm Keith. And I'm John. And this is. On
1: the Ghetto. Your somewhat reliable source of information for. Most things, John. Most things, Keith, including but not limited to. Well, uh, right here
0: on Veterans Day or close yes, to it, absolutely. right? What was Veterans Day? Yesterday? Yesterday. We got a famous veteran here to talk about today.
1: Mr. Robert Norman Ross. Yes. And he held the rank, interestingly enough, of Master Sergeant in, yeah. the, in the Air Force.
0: It's pretty high, yeah, and uh, served as a first sergeant, which I think is more of like a,
1: I guess, something you do as a master sergeant, but pretty high-ranking official in the Air Force, right, John? and interestingly enough, when we tell you who this guy really is and you realize who we're talking about, the thought of him being a master sergeant and yelling at folks— which is something he expressed he didn't care for too much. Right, he got out and, that's, and he was done. Yeah. with that.
0: and that's what you have to do as a master sergeant, right? You got to yell at some folks. You, you got to get order on folks them. around and get on. I them. mean, they're serious uh, officers in the army, right? You don't want to mess or with, with these enlisted men, or, or anyway, the, are not, they enlisted, and not, yeah, officers? not officers? Okay, well, they're they're serious. But there's some
1: officers who are scared of master sergeants, right?
0: They're kind of high up the enlisted rank, so that the officers they're up there, they're, they're rubbing elbows with the officers there anyway, right, John? But he he had to. Yell at people a lot, and this particular guy, he didn't really like to yell very much because his real that's name tricky. was John. What was his real name? Bob Ross. Yes, well, his real name was what we
1: said earlier, but right. yeah, we know him as Bob Ross, also right? who I used to affectionately call Happy Bob. There you go. What he do, Keith? So he painted landscapes. That's what he did. PBS. Yeah. So I bet a lot of you didn't
0: know that he was a master sergeant in the Air Force, and um, actually, I would say probably one of the reasons why he was so calm speaking and such a a soothing soul was because he was a master sergeant yeah he didn't do many
1: interviews you know he said he didn't turn down interviews but strangely enough he didn't get offered many and when asked he basically said you know for years i had to yell at people literally to scrub latrines and make up their bed and do these things and he said after 20 years of that of being the tough guy and the bad guy he said i was completely done with that i didn't want any more yelling yeah. So the dulcet sounds, as one uh, article put it, of Bob Ross's voice. There you go. I can hear him now. He's like the Keith, father. Keith, I love Flumadiddle. Thank you all for speaking about me today. Yes. Thank you, John.
0: He's like the father of Asmerian uh, <laughs> YouTube videos or something like that. Oh, yeah. the ASMR, ASMR stuff. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I was looking at ASMR while studying for Bob Ross and thought we might have to do a little podcast on some ASMR oh, type it's, stuff. It's pretty interesting, man. It's that's pretty a, neat. a little weird world out there. But it's it's strange. But uh, yeah. anyway, I but have anyway. experienced such before without uh, looking at YouTube to do yeah. so. All right, Keith, pick so it let, up. Let's go, talk
0: though. about his early life. We've already talked about his military service. When you go back, he was born in Daytona Beach,
1: Florida. In 1942, 1942, Keith, I was only one year old at that time. Well, there you go. Just kidding. Yeah, I was about to say you're not that old, John. you <laughs> talking about. Um,
0: so his dad was a carpenter and his mom was a waitress. So just a humble home, right, John? Yeah, yep. yep. just good well, working folks, blue and collar folks. When he was young, he was kind of known for being a loving soul. He was known for yep. taking care of injured animals. People Hebrew. knew that he was this
1: boy that like yeah. take care of. There's a story an about him nursing yeah. a, a, a injured alligator in the bathtub. Yeah, that's crazy. I yeah. didn't hear about that one. Little squirrels. Tiny, yeah. You know. So he brought
0: an alligator home, put it in the bathtub. That's what I heard something. That. He yeah. was nursing a, an alligator wow, to take care of it in the bathtub. Yeah. He really cared. So, And that's in one of our quotes later I'll when we get to that. Um, he dropped out of high school in the ninth grade to uh, go work with his father. As, as a carpenter. As a carpenter. Or apprentice,
1: I guess it'd be. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then at the age of 18, he enlisted in the military, and we talked about that. And he worked his way up to master sergeant. Yes. And so I think already we're seeing that he was a person who cared about being successful at whatever he puts his mind to. He did. Right? And, and so, I mean, he goes to the military, and he's really – he's over like medical records, which is not
1: something you would think, oh, you're going to work your way up being over medical records. But he does, all the right. way to master sergeant. So, And interestingly enough, Keith, where did he serve? in the Air Force for most of his time. It was Alaska. Right? It was Alaska, which uh, people say that's what helped him maybe develop his love of those snow-capped mountains and trees because yeah. he didn't have any of that kind of stuff down in Daytona Beach, Florida. In nature in general, so, yeah. So he, he loved that. He loved nature, but he loved those big vistas, those mountains, those happy little trees. Right. Keith. Not that Florida doesn't have nature. It's just a different kind of and nature. It's a whole different sure. kind of nature yeah. than what he was painting.
0: Well, he painted it. mostly mountains and trees and stuff like that. Right. And, yeah, Purple you know, mountains, do You don't see Keith. a lot of that in Florida, really. You got some palm trees and some yeah. flatlands and glades exactly. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he could probably paint those too. If he, he wanted to. He was pretty to. talented, yeah. But he, he didn't He painted want to what tell. his heart desired, though, John. Yeah. Which is kind of why we like this guy. We like him. Because and we're I'm gonna looking find, around
1: at all your, all your um, posters and stuff here. Yeah, you need a Bob Ross. I poster. need a Bob Ross. We got didn't. everybody from Jerry Garcia to Stevie Ray to Miles Davis. Yeah, we need to add something. We'll go outside the music realm. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah, we need to go outside the music Bob realm. Bar- Keith and add. <laughs> yeah. And add a Bob. Happy Ross. Bob. Yeah. He That'd was be cool, man. Cool I need a big one. Right? Oh, very much more cool than some of them.
0: So, John, we can kind of let's get into a little bit about how he started the
1: um, television show. Well, can oh. I hit one thing? Can I transition to that? Yeah, that's what I mean. I want transition. to right. so, Yeah. Go so ahead. he's in the military. Yeah. And he 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 discovers painting in mm-hmm. the military. Okay. And he even painted on uh, like old can lids and uh, pieces of like gold miners gold miner um, stuff pans, and stuff like yeah. that yeah pans he actually started making a decent living yeah. doing that he yeah. he sold that kind of stuff on the side mm-hmm. and kind of mixed that with uh his love of painting right
0: so. yeah and that, that's and that's actually why he retired from the military was he started making enough money doing these doing things his in order to retire yeah. from the military all right yeah. so that transition well, you, you think that's a pretty good bit of money probably because at his level of first sergeant i, I I'm sure he had a yeah back H-A, in the sixties, you know? early yeah.
1: uh, up through the what mid seventies. Yeah. So anyway,
0: he he started making enough money to transition into that, and then he met a guy named
1: Bob Bill, Bill Alexander. Bill Alexander. I, said, <laughs> I almost
0: said Bob Alexander. Bill, Bill Alexander, exactly. And um, Bill a- Alexander, he had a particular type style
1: of painting which uh, he taught to Bob, which was wet on wet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the fancy name for that is, Keith? What is that? Alla prima. Yes. Yeah, I did read that, but I didn't remember later, it. Because later, Bill's going to claim some things that we're going to debunk. That's right. where the coming in. So, um, alla prima,
0: Wet on wet. Wet on wet. Um, so, Bill Alexander took him under his wing and showed him this thing, right? Now, later on, Bill Alexander kind of felt like he betrayed him. Right. And he actually said he did. He, and this is his quote. He said, he betrayed me. So I guess we know he felt like that. Right. And he said, he betrayed me. I invented wet on wet. I trained him, and he is copying me. What bothers me is not just that he betrayed me, but that he thinks he can do it better. So, you know, I don't know if Bob himself necessarily meant to betray him. He met a, a gal named uh, Annette Kowalski. Is
1: that how you Yeah. let Yeah, let's, let's back up just a hair right there. Let me get a hold of Bill for a second. Yeah. Alexander's Magic Artist Supplies. Yes. Right. He trained Bob. Not only did he train Bob, he trained him well. Bob got really good at this technique, and Mm. he basically is sending Bob out as a traveling instructor of his particular painting method, right? Kind of like an employee hired to do what he's doing just so he can expand his business. But he's kind of coaching him up. He's kind of like the, uh, you know, in We Love College Football, he's kind of like the head coach in waiting. Yeah. This Bob's so good that Bill's thinking, okay, once I decide to kind of. Stop doing this. I'm going to pass this off to Bob, and he's going to carry on under my banner, kind of. Which
0: is kind of what he did.
1: A little bit, kind of. As far as the show goes, anyway. Right, but not for him, like as an employee for him. Yeah, yeah, So he really liked – I mean, Bob expressed great respect. He did. I think the first season – the first episode
0: of the second season, he actually um, – what do you call it –
1: Praised him for teaching yeah, him, this, him this kind of situation. Dedicated that's the dedicated I dedicated.
0: Dedicated that episode to Bill Alexander, and you know I gotta say this too. He may have felt like he betrayed him, but he didn't invent wet on wet. Okay, like no, that he had didn't. been around since like the, the 15th 16th century. century now he was. may have thought he did. You know I do right. that all the time. Like I have a great idea. Oh man, I'm the only one that's ever thought of it. And you look it up, <laughs> man, and that hundreds of people. It's, it's like, like dead gummit,
1: right? they already did that without me.
0: Yeah. So anyway, it it had been done for hundreds of years before him.
1: But now he may have been the one who really brought it to the 20th century and popularized it. Right? You know, because he had his own show. Obviously, he's big enough that he's selling art supplies, Mm -hmm. right? So Bob's traveling around doing these. uh, exhibitions, art classes at hobby shops and things like that. And you mentioned you want to transition into the Kowalskis. Yeah, so she attended
0: one of Bob's classes that he was doing for Bill. All right, there's a story
1: behind that, Keith. Yeah, why was she attending, John? Well, she had lost a child, Yeah, and she was grieving really hard. Mm -hmm. And she had found Bill Alexander's stuff and his painting method. Walt actually called her husband, who was one of the business partners, Walt and his wife, Annette Kowalski, trying to find a place that he could go and take his wife, his grieving wife, to learn from the master, so to speak. He said, well, there was nothing where Bill was doing anything, but there's this guy who's this teacher that is trained in this method named Bob Ross, and he's going to be in Clearwater, Florida. Mm -hmm. So this guy, Walt, packs his wife up and drives 1,000 miles from Virginia to go see Bob Ross, Bob Ross who is yeah. just some strange guy that nobody's ever heard of at this point. Right. Who's teaching an art class. Yeah, He's right. connected with Bill Alexander. And her response is basically, when I saw Bob, I was absolutely mesmerized. Yeah. I mean, his whole routine of his voice, the whole thing, he already had that down. Yes. And I think that, like, he became kind of like a son
0: to her, you know? And. Maybe. You know, and there's all kinds of rumors and things that go out about there. I don't know what their relationship was like right. per se, but we know that they were business partners. She did talk him into leaving Bill Alexander and going out she on did. his own. I think, you know, she was grieving. She liked him, but she's also probably a little bit of a businesswoman, and uh, she she saw some gold there. She knew right. that they could do something with his talents. And, uh, you know, and – Bob was okay with that, you know. That's all. Right. That's all mutual. They agreed upon doing that, and they right. went off together and started a business together. Nothing wrong with that, you know. Right.
1: Um, and obviously, Bill felt like he was. He betrayed, didn't like but, it at all. Yeah. So about seven months after that, Bill or Bob actually goes up to Virginia, mm-hmm. where the Kowalskis live, right, and starts doing his own painting teaching thing everywhere from Philadelphia, Virginia, up and down the coast there. Yeah. I really, what do you think,
0: John? I don't blame Bob for going out on his own. I mean, like, he's very talented. He should I don't be. see him as
1: being malicious or anything. Yeah, I like mean, he's he should like,
0: be getting paid for what he's doing. I mean, you know, like not just being underneath
1: some, some other person, you know? But you know what's so funny? Well, we'll get into that in mean, a minute. i always get ahead gave of myself. Bill we- credit for teaching oh, him. Oh, yeah, you he know? did. As best I can see, I, I don't think he was yeah. like a guy who was trying to undercut anybody or be ruthless right. and vicious. I don't think so either. Yeah. Well, that was not Bob Ross, in case y'all heard that anyway. <laughs> so Annette discovered him, he gets him back up in uh, in Virginia. He starts teaching these classes, and then they decide upon this show, right? Yes. The Joy of Painting. The first little go round of that was not so good. It was kind of at a little hometown place there, and the production values weren't so good. So they tried to do like a round two, and that's when they named it The Joy of Painting. And do you know where they did the first one at, Keith? Uh, no, I don't. It's in Muncie, Indiana, at the public television station is where it started. Oh, okay. Now,
0: he now in the joy of painting. Let's just describe what the show was. Okay, you know most people know. Yeah, it, we've it, all seen it. We've probably all seen it.
1: I hope so. If you haven't seen yeah, it, just go just watch the joy of
0: painting. Look up Bob Ross. Joy of thirty minutes. He paints a picture and he teaches yes. you how to do it while he's doing it, and that's really what he was all about. He was all right. about you painting, not him. Right. Um, exactly. Right, and so. That goes to his personality. We'll get into that in just a second. We're going to touch on that, about who he was and his philosophies. But um, some things that people probably didn't know is he actually, the one you saw on TV, wasn't the first copy. Did you know right, that, John? I did. Okay, I didn't know if you I didn't until we that. started
1: studying. I didn't but didn't he either, always yeah. did kind of a first version that was kind of to base his show version on. And then what did he do after that, Keith? Well, he did the show version, which was the right. second copy. And
0: then the third version— was a more detailed version that he would put in instructional in books. instructional books yeah. so exactly so like if you were to buy one of his books to see how to paint it would that's have the, the more intense yes. full
1: version with all the extra little additives
0: yeah so I didn't know that I, I always I always thought that he was just doing that from scratch which you know I don't know if it makes it more or less impressive you know it's like he's doing the exact same painting three times that's pretty impressive myself right. you know <laughs> or to begin with you may have thought though that he's Doing it in 30 minutes with no precursor to it. And that, you may have thought that was more impressive. I don't know, but that is how he did it.
1: So, so he's got this show now, The mm-hmm. Joy of Painting, goes from Muncie, Indiana. Then, next thing you know, it's picked up by 40 public television stations. Then, I can't even tell you how many it bloomed to after that. It ended up on every public television station in the United States, as well as in the UK, Germany, Belgium. South Korea, Turkey, and apparently, as a lot of rock bands used to say about themselves, they're really big in Japan. Apparently, <laughs> it aired twice a day in Japan. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So, there's a show.
0: So, it had like more than 400 half hour episodes aired from when,
1: John, 1983 to 1984. No, um, that what started around then, but the, all those episodes aired what over? Until I know, 90, Yeah. From then till his death, I don't know if the last one was, 94, 94, or if it was in ninety four. Ninety four. I put. I accidentally yeah. put eighty four. It's ninety four. It's eighty three to ninety four. Eighty three to
0: ninety four. Keith, can I give um, a little
1: anecdote? Yeah, go ahead.
0: Did you watch Bob Ross when he was on? Yes, when I was a child, like because it came on after Sesame Street.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so if I I watch Sesame
0: Street and it'd still be on, you know, and then there's
1: Bob Ross. I don't remember what time it came on, but I remember that I was in yeah. college and me and my roommate just happened to find this guy yeah. with like jeans on and just a button up shirt and an afro red. And that was and very he intentional was on his spot. About yeah. happy little trees. Mm-hmm. And maybe in your world a tree lives right here. Right, yeah, and we were just mesmerized. We were sitting around just staring at the guy, like, "Who is this guy?" It was almost like a joke at first, yeah. But then the more we watched it, you couldn't help but sense the sincerity it's of the mesmerizing. Guy. Yeah, it is,
0: and it's encouraging. It's just so says upbeat says and positive. Yeah, it's
1: positive,
0: yeah. And he says things that just make you feel good as a person, you know, right. And uh, and I think that was very intentional. That's what he wanted to do. I said we're going to touch on that in a minute. Yeah. You know, we talked about how a lot of people, a lot of what artists or yeah. art historians don't consider him an artist. Yeah, really. he's not
1: like a Picasso a or, or a Monet or something like that. But his that was that wasn't his gig. He wasn't trying to be an artiste.
0: Right. So it's not really what he was trying to do. Um. You know, I almost have a little issue with that though, John, is because that's that's an opinion. I think he was an artist and. You got to decide what you think success is, you know, and what he thought success was as being an artist was bringing joy into people's lives, teaching them how to do the same thing. Right. And he became so stinking popular. I mean, like, People how many, love the guy. How many artists actually become popular while they're alive? I mean, a lot of them, it's after they're dead. Now, there were right. a few in history that did. You know, you got your Michelangelos, Van Goghs, some of them were popular
1: while they were got alive. got your Picasso's, Picassos and Warhol's yeah. in the 20th century. Yeah, that Warhol. were super famous. But,
0: but, the thing but a lot is, of folks
1: so, don't achieve that. Right. A lot fame. of them is after they pass away. Well,
0: I mean, he did that too. Bob Ross did that as well. Actually, in right. 2015, Twitch decided as kind of their opening thing to, to air all of Bob Ross's episodes. That is hilarious. I did not know that. Yeah, and 5.6 million people tuned in to Twitch. And so he had like a... reset. Happy Bob. Yeah, so, you know, I I just, I don't know. I mean, as far as successful artists go, I'd say he's up there on top because
1: he was successful at what he wanted to do, you know, and he was an artist, so. Yeah. And from what I read, too, he was a shrewd businessman. He kind of knew that he wasn't like It wasn't like he thought he was this super talented artist that had such great things to say artistically. Right, yeah. He knew that there was a business side to it. Yes. He was selling brushes and paints and do that. But even with that, nobody questions his heart and his soul. Right. Like his love for people and his love for painting, you know. Well, are you about ready to get into some of the quotes? Let's go, Keith. Okay, that just kind of gives the background, sets up the joy of painting where he came from.
0: So, I got um, a good transition quote here that we can use to transition into quotes. We want to talk about, because one of the reasons why me and John wanted to do this podcast is we wanted to talk about him, how influential he was, but. We want him to be an inspiration to you through Flemmertel. You know, right. we want to talk about him and his inspirations, and we want to be an inspiration to you always. But like, he was an inspirational person, so it's oh, very, so. very much so, very much so. So, one quote is: "This is a good transition." There, talking about the different type of artists. Right. He said, "If I
1: paint something, I don't want to have to explain what it is." Right. <laughs> he was actually, I think there was some like abstract expressionist painter or something who was really a famous artist. Right. And Bob, a couple of times, apparently, these guys kind of made fun of Bob, and in his calm, gentle way, he would make some little quip back yeah, like, little that, like that without being rude or yeah. ugly. He called one guy, and it might have been this guy, he called him by the wrong name. He, like, like purposely, purpose. like, like his last is, name. That is great. That is so awesome. Like, he yeah. didn't know. He, you know, like, if it was Bob Smith. It's like Bob Smitherman. That sounds exactly you know? like something <laughs> I would do. I
0: love that. And so, and he, would, he also said another quote. I didn't even put that one on here, but it just goes right along with this. He said something about, they say everything looks better in odd numbers,
1: but I like to do even numbers just to make the critics go crazy or something. <laughs> He was just his own guy, man. Yeah, he was. He was was just wanting to do his thing. Let's
0: talk about some of these quotes because that will uh, tell you a little bit about his life philosophy and uh, who he was as a person. All right, Key. So you talked about this one already. When asked about his relaxed and calm approach, he said, I got a letter from somebody here, here a while back, and they said, Bob, everything in your world seems to be happy. That's for sure. That's why I paint. It's because I can create the kind of world that I want, and I can make this world as happy as I want it. Shoot, if you want bad stuff, watch the news.
1: Watch the news. Yeah. There
0: you go. So that's pretty good, I thought. And, and I think he did portray that a lot in his show, you know, just trying to tell people, hey, just just relax, chill, you know exactly.
1: Keith, another one of his quotes, he said the secret to doing anything is believing that you can do it. Anything that you believe you can do strong enough, you can do anything as long as you believe. One wow. of the neat quotes that I saw from a guy, it just shows how unpretentious Bob was in the pretentious art world. Yes. Was the guy said, "You know, Bob Ross wasn't up there trying to show us all how great of a painter he was." Right, He was trying to paint in such a way that he could encourage and convince us that we could do the same thing, basically. Yeah, Like, hey, you can do this. Just watch
0: me. So there's another quote that goes right along with that. He said, you can have anything you want in the world. Once you
1: help everyone
0: around you, get what they want.
1: All right. I like it. Man, that's cool right there,
0: ain't it? I mean, so many people today, John— Live a very narcissistic life where it's yeah. all about getting all about getting me. There, it's all about me, and I'm telling you right now, they're not going to find true joy until they start living for other people. There you go, brother. And and, and I think Bob had a, a grasp on that. Bob lived that I mean, out. His success came from living for other people. It did. You know, he he did, he wasn't painting to to try to be all about Bob, like you just said. Absolutely, he was painting to help others. You tell the truth, King. You tell the truth. All right. I like some of the uh, self, what do you call it, Dep- what's that word? Def- self-deprecating? Deprecating, yeah. He has some self-deprecating quotes as well. <laughs> uh, Waters like me, it's lazy. Boy, if always, oh, sorry, boy, it always looks for the easiest way to do things. <laughs> right.
1: I like this one too, Keith. We right. got lot- he had lots of one-liners. Yeah. We don't make mistakes. We just have happy accidents.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's one of the most famous ones, It right? is, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, he also said, um, if you do too much, it's going to lose its effectiveness, which I thought was pretty interesting coming from a guy that paints an entire
1: painting in 30 minutes every day, just about. <laughs> and then you know what me and my buddy Keith, or not Keith, you're my buddy Keith. Yeah. My buddy, who was that? was Roger was living with me Okay. Then. Me and Roger would be watching that show, right? And he's painted this whole thing. Oh, yeah. And then like 25 minutes into the show, He'd like just get a brush and just stripe like a big black line right down the middle of it, or something. I know. I saw that when I was and watching, you're like researching for holy this. Holy yeah. cow, dude! He just ruined the whole painting. I know. That's what he it just looks marked like. a big black mark right down through the middle of it. But you know what? Before that five minutes was a that was a glorious tree with happy little squirrels. Yeah, it was a tree. Yeah, he'd be making a tree. And
0: uh, he another one of his quotes was, you can cover up a lot of mistakes with trees. <laughs> that's what he said.
1: <laughs> Here's another tree. When that's a crooked tree, we'll send him to Washington. <laughs> I know. That's one of my favorites there. I love that one. Um, so, you know, a few more. He said, uh, go out on a limb.
0: That's where the fruit is. All right. Um, isn't it... Fantastic that you can change your mind and create all these happy things. I mean, I think he meant more about just for the painting when he's saying things like that, you know? Right. He's like, he's talking about your life. It's like, hey, you can change where you're at right now and make your life happy. It's up to you, you know? Right. And I, I think that's why people like it. He was very empowering and encouraging. I think that's how much time we got. We good? Yeah, man. Okay. We got about five minutes. All right. I think that's why people liked him a lot. Because when he was painting, he it, it wasn't just talking about painting.
1: Right, He was exactly. talking about
0: you and your life. Right. And there's things you took from it that you're just like, oh, man, that's so true, you know? Right. I need to be more like that. That's <laughs> yeah. what a
1: great teacher does. Yeah. They can talk in the context of whatever they're doing. They can talk in the context of painting or talk in the context of playing music, talk in the context of whatever their business, whatever the situation is. But really, they're talking about life. Is broadly applicable. Speaking of life and how he impacted others, Keith. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that you were very interested in is how he how people reacted around him or how he drew people. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Well, I mean, like we watched a video before we started this because I wanted John to kind of get a a grasp of this as well. Um, But like he, he was in Central Park, and that was just. I mean, I'd say probably over 1,000 people there, right? It was hundreds right. oh, of people Right. Oh, yeah, there's there. a lot of people there. Just to see this Bob Ross, and they'd all bring their paintings to him and show him how good they did. Right. Which I think that's interesting, exactly. you know, because it wasn't about him. It was right. still about them, you know? Right. And I think that's why he was so popular because he made people feel good about themselves.
1: Exactly. That yeah. one guy was talking about, man, I just heard that Bob Ross was going to be in like Central Park and I didn't know where, but he's like took off and just started following. There was big enough crowds of people walking around that he just started seeing like hundreds of people like you said carrying paintings under their arm. Yeah. And was like, and with everybody there with the little kids, man, he's just like Hey, how you doing? You know, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah he would take the time and paint yeah. the. He's like Bob Ross, signed the back of my picture. You know, mm-hmm. that like
0: he'd take the time just to hang out with him, just be a exactly. regular old dude with him. Which I told you earlier, you know, the blue jeans and stuff—that was all very intentional because right. it wasn't about him. He really wanted it to be about you. He wanted it to be this regular, everyday guy who's just in your home, exactly. talking in this nice, calm, soothing voice, telling you how great you are. There you, know? you go. And that's I think really he, he wanted,
1: wanted to. He didn't want it to be too dated. You yeah. know this the idea of blue jeans and the kind of shirt he wore. and he had an iconic look. So Keith, if I just close my eyes and, and, and picture Bob Ross. Bob Ross, yeah, I see a big smile yeah. surrounded by a red permed afro. <laughs> yeah, I know. And what's so funny about that afro is that it started out apparently as a financial decision. It was something yeah, that know. he didn't have to get cut. I mean because, Nowadays, speaking of haircuts, I'm glad that you've got a barber here on Flumadiddle that's going to cut your hair in just a minute. I got awesome. If you had to go have the same thing I'm going to do done, it costs you 10 or 15 bucks just to get somebody to buzz your hair a little bit and trim it up. A perm afro would cost more, I'm sure. (laughs) But his, though, if his hair, depending on how it was, if he had to cut it regularly, it'd be whatever. But if he got a perm, he might only have to do that once every, what, two or three months. kind of let it grow
0: until it gets real big. But then, guess what? Well, he he, did, he decided he didn't like it. He didn't like that afro. Yeah. Man.
1: After a while, that's what like, everybody. Oh.
0: I guess everybody just kind of assumes that he actually enjoyed that afro like his whole life, but that's actually not the truth. He had it. And for a while, like you said, it's a business decision. It's less yeah. maintenance. I ain't got to worry about paying for it, all this stuff, you know, because he's probably very really busy too. Right. Well, then it got on the logos, his head with the afro. Exactly. That was the, it became
1: an iconic yes, look. That's that was the, symbol, the Bob man. Ross
0: logo and symbol. And he said he felt like he could not cut it because,
1: like, it was part of the brand. Well, it is because, like I said, when I close my eyes, I see that red afro. Yeah, I know. With the, Which I'm glad with he did. With that didn't, smiling face, know? I'm glad he didn't. That, he was, a, that a, was his yeah, thing. He,
0: me and John saw a picture of him with his Elvis haircut, and um, and I did like the way he looked in his like Elvis looking haircut.
1: Oh, when he was a young man, he was a yeah. sharp looking guy. Yeah,
0: but um, you know, still the fro is just iconic, and I'm glad that he didn't cut yeah, it. Yeah, man, you know? he he didn't need to cut his fro. So he died in 1995, Five is that right? Of yeah, lymphoma. Lymphoma cancer. How old did that make him,
1: John? He was fifty-two years old, 52. Keith. Pretty young, which is kind of amazing. About the same age yeah. I mentioned of Jerry Garcia died that same year at fifty-two. I right, kind like, of amazing. Iconic. The things folks.
0: that he was able to accomplish in such a short life, you know. Um. After his death, there was you know a little bit of drama there, John. Well, there's is, a lot of drama, Keith. We're you know, not going to get into that. Not get into it but... too much. You know, his business partner ended up with his side of the business, and you think some of those things might have went to his kids, and it didn't. I just know that John, you know, if, with our wealth and riches that we have here in <laughs> Yes. if sir. I was to with, ever uh, with our tens, if you were to ever pass dollars, if I was to ever pass, I think I would give your side to your son. You know, I wouldn't right. try to take it for myself. Exactly. And so I don't and know exactly so. all of the details of that, but it does seem a little shady and fishy. Yeah, did there say is, there's a Netflix. There's a whole Netflix special. Uh, like, uh, what is interested. there a
1: Netflix? A DACA. <laughs> a, a documentary. All right, Keith. I was going to say, go. don't even try to say it right. I want to hear a documentary. But you
0: got it so in my head now. Like, I, <laughs> like I, like I, I can't that say you're it. you're aware right. of. It. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Yeah. So, anyway, there's a Netflix special. It's called Happy Accidents, Greed, Betrayal, and something else. I don't know. But if you're going to check that out. Check that out. What's the takeaways, John? What do you take the away from Takeaways
1: is be more like Happy Bob. There you go. Yeah. There um, was a guy who literally brought, what was the name of his show? The What of Painting. The joy. The, of the joy painting. of painting. Yeah. I think that's a good word, an apt description of what he did for people. Yes. He brought them joy. That's why we watched we started thinking, Oh, this is kinda of weird. There's some guy with a big afro painting and he's like, Here, look, here up on this mountain, maybe a little mountain goat lives right here. They need homes too. You yeah, know, or yeah. something. And you're just like, Who is this guy, man? He's like, Mr. Rogers and like some yeah, little was, philosopher. at the same and time as like, Mr.
0: Rogers, and he kind of uh, like him a like, lot. It
1: was Mr. Rogers in the wilderness or something. And, this, and Bob
0: Ross was everywhere, man. He may have been on Mr. Rogers at some uh, who point. I know he music. was on Sesame Street. He yeah. was on uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy. I mean, he'd pop up on all these different appearances huh. and stuff. Everybody likes That's him. cool. Man. Everybody yeah. likes him. I've never heard so anybody just be, say. Just be a person that everybody likes. There you go. But then sometimes you know that's, that don't work out. So it don't much. work, out. yeah. If you're gonna have any kind of principles at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's gonna like it. Not everybody. But be a nice guy. Be a nice guy. Encourage like people. It. Yeah. Bring joy. People. Bring joy. To Bring joy. Bring joy, not good.
1: division. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. That's all I got. You got anything else, Joe? No, I like it. All right, man. Rest in peace, Happy Bob. Rest in peace.